I'm your host, Arielle. And I'm your host, Alyssa. Welcome to Ghost Tea Podcast. A podcast for those who seek magic. Hello, ghosties. Welcome back. Hello. Today, we're going to be going back to a previous topic to expand on it further in a part two. And that subject is... Yes, I'm so excited. I think this is very, very needed. But as always, I just want to remind you all that everybody has different views on things and that's okay. We don't ask you to believe what we do or practice the way that we do. We just want to share what we've found in our personal path with others to help you on your journeys. This is especially important for this episode because we're going to be discussing some of the hard truths around deity work. We're going to get honest. We're going to get real. We're going to get real and honest. Buckle up, babes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Strap it in. Here we go. I mean, there's a few reasons to why we decided to do a part two and do one that's a little bit more geared towards some hard truths. And that's because there were some follow-up questions from our first deity work episode where some people had some topics and questions that they wanted to cover. And also, Ariel and I, upon some reflection, we've realized that we tend to approach deity work in a way that perhaps to some might come across as if it is constantly manageable and super approachable in every shape and form when really it isn't like that. And, you know, it's in the name deity work. It requires work. And there are just some things around it that I think we just need to break through the ice and really talk about together. Yeah. And we need to get honest. We do. <laughs> and so, you know, in this episode, we're we're gonna take the approach as practitioners who are not only deity workers and deity practitioners themselves, but also as spiritual coaches, but also as the uh, through the lens of people who really want to give you some honest truths to help you in your deity work and to take it to the next level rather than remaining at the beginner stages. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get past the beginner stages if you're not willing to get uncomfortable. So we got to, you have to push the envelope a little bit. And I do want to make it clear that Alyssa and I are not going into this episode trying to make you feel bad Mm -hmm. about anything that you're doing, but also trying to make sure that you're going into deity work or continuing in your deity work with a really realistic view of things. Because Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of times when we have maybe sugarcoated things a little bit and made it possibly come across easier than we should have. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that sometimes, but we just really need to like be super... Yeah. Super honest. We just, we just really want things to feel approachable and to not be scary to people and to be empowered to, to try something new. But we, what we have learned in our experience with deity work and with helping people through their spiritual journeys, that includes working with divinity. There just is some hard realities and some honest truths that you kind of just have to accept and take it for what it is. And as much as we would love to give that to you in a palatable way, sometimes it just isn't that way. So yeah, hopefully this will provide you some 
interesting insight and have you walking away with a newfound appreciation for the beauty of deity work and also to be able to consider these hard truths in a, in a much deeper way so that you can empower yes. yourself and grow yourself in your own spiritual journey. And if you haven't listened to the first episode of deity work, we highly recommend you do that before you get into this one. If you have already listened to that one, just go ahead, sit down with your snacks and your tea mm-hmm. and join us, get cozy. But Alyssa, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on identifying a deity because someone had a question about how to identify a deity that's coming through for you. Because a lot of people will have maybe signs coming up or feel like, you know, they're having a lot of deities show up on their for you pages or they're mm-hmm. having a lot of people talk about deities. Like what are some techniques that you recommend someone uses to identify a deity that's coming in for them? Hell yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> it, it really <laughs> is. Talk about it. <laughs> it really is a good question in the sense that, you know, especially if you want to identify a deity yourself and not necessarily yes. go to yeah. an experienced practitioner. And like Ariel and I, we do this for a living. We've identified yeah. hundreds of deities. We have we've had to get used to doing it quick. <laughs> we've had to get used to doing it quick. We know how our abilities work. We we know what things to look for. And we it just it comes with anything, right? Like the more experience you have doing something, it just you just get more uh, proficient with it. And so if you are looking to identify a deity yourself, there's a couple of ways you can do it. If you were to rely on tarot, which tends to be the go-to for a lot of people, and I can see why it's a great resource. It's a great divination method. It's very approachable, but I do think that having a fairly solid idea of how to read tarot is a Mm -hmm. really important part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're going to be using tarot to identify a deity, I what I would recommend is go big and then funnel in. So what I mean yeah, by that yeah, is yeah. keep in mind there's thousands of deities, like yeah. thousands <laughs> of them. So yes. you know what you know. You don't even know what you don't know. You know what I mean? So if you <laughs> right. go into trying to identify a deity without even like having a good grasp on a large swath of different pantheons that are available You're trying to, to you, get one fish out of the sea. Oh, like. <laughs> it's, it's, you're doing yourself a disservice really at that point because it, it's not to say that you need to know every deity that exists. It's just yeah. there's ways that you can go big and funnel in. So first identify what pantheon is available to you. So what what deities are open to you and which ones are closed. And that is up to you to figure out on your own. Only you will know what kind of heritage you have and what is available to you through your ancestry or through your culture. So identify what is available to you and what is not. And then what I would do from there is I would have a separate spread for each level. So so you would start with, for example, uh, a spread for identifying a pantheon specifically. So if there's a deity mm-hmm. coming in and you have a spread specific for a, a pantheon identifier, assign a pantheon to different cards. You could assign the comedic pantheon to the chariot card, for example, or infernals to like uh, the devil. <laughs> Let's yeah, go on the nose. Yeah. Why not, baby? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> go super direct. <laughs> let's do it. So, you know, do that because I feel like that's a, that's a great starting point. And then from there, once you've narrowed into the Pantheon, then you can narrow into the major spheres of influence or domains of this deity and perhaps even also 
their sort of more dominant energy, whether it's, you know, quote unquote masculine or quote unquote feminine or androgynous and get a sense of what is it that they represent? What are their major archetypes? Like what, what is it that that deity represents or is known to Mm -hmm. represent in their mythology? And then as you squeeze it in further from there, now that you know the pantheon and you know the major themes, now you can really start to to get down into, okay, well, who who is this? Like, who are you? Like, really show me some good identifiers for who you are now that I've been able to squeeze it further down. And, yeah. and again, this is only just using one method of divination, and it's likely yeah. going to take you multiple days. <laughs> like- oh, yeah. Because, well, because you can be like, what are you associated with? And you might get the magician. So maybe yeah. they're associated with like magic and witchcraft and things like that. Or you might get the hierophant. Maybe they're associated with knowledge, like things like that can help you kind of narrow it down with tarot in particular. Mm-hmm. I like using methods like bones or coins or dice. Cause it's just yes or no, mm-hmm. or like maybes even because it's just a little bit more straightforward. And if you don't know tarot too, sometimes mm-hmm. that can be helpful, but it can also limit too. Like there's benefits to tarot and there's benefits to just having that straightforward. So if I have to use divination, I'll try to do something like really specific, like yes or no, and then start going into tarot to kind of get details. But it's it's up to the practitioner. Yeah. I mean, for me, I use multiple forms of divination. I will use tarot. I will use I will use a particular form of oracle that is based completely on archetype. I will use bones. I will use a little bit of pendulum sometimes. Like I will use a variety of different methods and also my clear abilities. So I would recommend as you are identifying a deity, use multiple varieties for multiple opportunities and avenues to find your answer. And again, I wanted to get honest with you. If you if you feel like a deity is coming forward to you and you use tarot and you pull one spread and you decipher that there's five deities coming forward for you, bullshit. Stop. That's no. not that's not even stop it. Just do the work, take your time, relax. You're gonna wanna take your time on this because you wanna make sure that you are not trying to force a connection to a deity that isn't actually the one that's coming forward for you. Yeah, exactly. And well, because there's so many people who will have a certain deity in mind that they want to work with. So you're always going to be looking for that. I've seen that. I've had that in sessions. I have. Yeah. I have had had that myself and myself. (laughs) And I've had had one where I was like, I'm pretty sure it's this one. And it's like, uh, no, (laughs) not that one. I, I have had that happen too. So even even the most experienced practitioners can have bias and want a certain deity to come through. And then they're just like, psych, it's not that person. And that's okay. But you have to be honest with yourself. Why am I wanting it to be this particular deity? Mm-hmm. And really get honest with yourself. Because that is going to sway the way that you see signs yep. and things like that. So that's important to be aware of. And actually, that's that's a that's a great segue into another question, which is what makes a deity want to work with me? And I want to split it into two different things, because what you talked about is maybe somebody wanting to work with a deity versus a deity yeah. wanting to work with you. So there's two yeah. different avenues that deity work can be approached. It could be you are receiving signs from a deity and then you figure out who it is, or there is one you have in mind that you are really drawn to and you really want to reach out to. And in both of those scenarios, you can find success and you can also find a roadblock. <laughs> like yeah. you, it, it's either like 
you take the time to figure out who it is coming forward or you go to someone who does that for a living or offers that as a service or if you want to if you want to work with a deity as we talked about in the first part of deity work you're the one who does the research you reach out and see if they're amenable to working with you but yes. as far as why does a deity want to work with us and what is what is their motivations behind it well that's a great theological question that we don't really oh, that, have... we could have a whole episode just about yeah. that <laughs> yeah we i mean neither of us are goddesses though feel free to call us that um <laughs> so i can't really speak on behalf of a of a god as to why they have an interest in humanity and the you know the relationship that comes with assisting us along our journey but one can assume a few reasons for that and if you think about it it makes sense as far as each deity has a domain or spheres of influence or archetypes that they're associated with and things that they rule over in a sense. So it makes sense that they would want to shape the experience of a person and thus humanity in a way that reflects their values or what they represent. So mm. I can get it from that perspective, but also who really knows? So yeah, yeah. We can only speculate really. Yeah, we because- can just speculate. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. and we a... kind of went over that in the first episode mm-hmm. too of like when we were talking about god spousal and like why mm-hmm. why a, a deity would want to god spouse someone and that is kind of along the same lines of like for sure it depends, <laughs> it depends. <laughs> you're gonna hear that a lot from yep. us in this yep. episode because a lot of things depend on the s- circumstances and what they want from you that sounded very ominous but <laughs> what they want from you <laughs> um plans what are their plans? But I do think that it just, it is very personal. It's, it's really personal. Some of them might want you to really be a human representative of, of their archetype in the world. And then, uh, not, not in the egotistical way. I'm not telling you to say i'm a prophet i'm a prophet you know i'm a prophet please don't do that (laughs) please don't do that but in the sense that you know you are someone who like for example um if i were to be like representing frega being someone who's kind and understanding and is welcoming and things like that that represent who she is as a goddess and honor her through that but it's not me being Frega on earth. It's me representing her energy. And that, that is part of the patron agreement too. Um, that goes more into patronage, but still like it, it depends. It It really depends. depends. And also what it is, what is it about you, the experiences you've had or currently have, or may have that, that deity would take an interest in helping guide you through or teach you lessons with. And so there's a variety of different reasons for, for why uh, a particular deity would take an interest in assisting you with something. Having a deity have interest in working with you or coming forward to work with you is much different than the concept of them choosing you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this concept of I am chosen or I, or they chose me. Be very careful with that rhetoric. I don't like it. I find it to be a gateway into a lot of dangerous thinking and can spiral out of control very easy. It's it's a one-up thing. Yeah, it is. Well, it is. And listen, we're, 
there's a there's like what eight billion of us on this planet now and we are temporary our human lives are temporary the gods are omnipresent and ever-present and eternal we're unique and individual in a lot of ways but you like this concept of like artemis chose me i'm the chosen one i am her prophet or something like that like that's disgusting i hate that so it's just that is to me a a bigger sign that you are probably not ready for deity work if that's the mentality that you are approaching it with deities do come forward to us and they do give us signs but like again it comes down to like what's your perspective on it if you're looking at that like i've been chosen or i'm the chosen one in in that kind of way you know the way i'm talking about like in a very ego driven like holier than thou like if you're approaching it from that deity work is not meant for you and that you have much deeper soul searching to do and a lot more self-reflection but if you're using that term instead to be like oh this deity is really coming to me and you're using the word chose me okay that's whatever i would just choose a different terminology because honestly it doesn't make anyone look good (laughs) i don't know just anybody who says they like x deity chose me just sounds horrendous yeah even if you don't mean it to sound even if you don't mean it that way it sounds that way it's it's one of those like words that no matter how you go about it it just kind of comes off in a way that people assume and it's usually not in the way that you want to Mm -hmm. but i would also argue too that like if you are feeling as though a a deity has chosen you in uh in that you feel as though you might be one of the more important quote unquote practitioners of theirs that in my opinion is something that can be shadow worked that is something Mm -hmm. where you should be like i mean as as Alyssa said that's a shadow worked prompt that's Something where you have to ask yourself, why do I have to feel needed? Because that's the question. It's not whether or not they need you. It's why you feel that you need to be needed by them. Because do you feel worthy to be human if you're not? Ding. That's that's a that's a hard question, isn't it? I don't want to answer that question right now for myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's the question, and this is all part of it, right? And we haven't even gotten into like oh, we're going other yeah. aspects we're just at the beginning here oh, we're so, just right at the tippy toes of the lake. The tip of the iceberg so so listen you know there's there's a variety of different ways and methods for which they will reach out to us they will send signs they will give you memories they will they will front they will find ways that uh, if they want to be known they will be known oh they will they'll show up at your friend's house yes they will <laughs> which I'm, i don't know i think we've shared that before on our podcast i think but we have yeah think we have. basically yeah. you know tldr for those who are new um also welcome you're a ghosty hi tldr um odin which is one of uh ariel's <laughs> patrons showed up at the end of my bed at a good i think it was like a cool 4 a.m or 3 a.m in the morning oh, I just yeah. saw it was gigantic like, nordic god with one eyeball <laughs> just like looming over the edge of my bed and i was like well this is a fantastic way to wake up it was basically just like ariel needs to do xyz and i'm like oh for the and love you're like of god. why are you telling me she goes online and i'm online as like at 3 a.m or something my time <laughs> and she came into my comments she's like ariel tell me why 
Bolden is at the base of my bed right now. And I was like, oh my God. And I was literally, I had literally been talking about him on live stream and how I was not ready to work with him. <laughs> so he went to Alyssa and was like, I want to work with Ariel. And she was like, it is 5 a.m. in Canada, sir. Like, <laughs> like, could we wait? Like, I have work in two hours. Like, could, what is yeah. this? What is this bullshit? So yeah, they, they will come through. Even they if will. people are not practitioners. I've had my own brother, mm-hmm. my own brother, mm-hmm. who doesn't work with deities, come to me and be like, you know, I keep having these dreams. <laughs> I've had strangers. About, I've had strangers about say, yeah. say weird shit before. That's yeah. like that oh, sounds like that like... came straight from Artemis. Mm-hmm. Like it that's that's an Artemis thing you just fucking said to me. Like there's yeah. just sometimes there's just ways that they'll come forward and they'll make themselves known. Now listen, now oh, you yeah. did say something about signs before and one of the important things that Ariel and I really want to make clear is to not oh. use TikTok as a sign. Yes, don't use algorithms as divination. that's our little intro song now (laughs) yeah well that that should be the intro honestly guys like listen tiktok is a social media app that is literally literally run by the most incredible algorithm we've ever seen it is smart great it knows what you like and it will show you what you like so i want to use the example of the hashtag dd work so if you yes. are interested in deity work and you consume content on TikTok about deity work, you mm-hmm. will be inevitably shown content of the most trending or high engagement deity work episodes, which tend yes. to revolve around Akati, yeah. Loki, and yeah. Lucifer. <laughs> yep, yep. And not only that, not only that, but you don't have to even engage with it. Nope. You don't have to click on the video. You don't have to comment on the video. You don't have to share the video. You can just watch the whole thing through yep, and it will time. start showing you more of that. Yep. If you are lurking, everybody knows there are people that lurk that on lurk. lives, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, you we can know. be over a live <laughs> and not go into it and mm-hmm. nobody will know that you're watching it because you can watch it from the free page. But you know when knows. you do that? tiktok knows right TikTok. so you start seeing more of that person on your free page mm-hmm. so i don't care what anybody says and they're like i'm not clicking on the akate videos it doesn't matter doesn't, doesn't matter. matter it's gonna doesn't show matter. you more of that because mm-hmm. you watch the whole video through and it, there's nothing wrong with that but if you are wanting signs that a deity is coming through for you ask for a specific sign mm-hmm. That's honestly, that is the best piece of advice we can give you for that is ask for a specific sign, ideally, that is not commonly associated with that yeah. deity at all. Like, Ekate, yeah. you can say, Ekate, if you're reaching out to me, please show me lilies anywhere in any form over the next 24 hours, at least once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then look for it. Choose something give it a that she's not... Don't choose yeah. skeleton keys or dogs Don't use or keys. or yeah. like a Don't moon or something. Like do, mm-hmm. like if you're if you really want to know if Kathy's reaching out to you, choose something she's not associated yes. with and and ask her. Ask yeah. her. Say ideally, I, and maybe I sound like a little bit of a conspiracy theorist here, but like <laughs> ideally, don't say it out loud. <laughs> Honestly, I I would, and but not in the presence. Not of yeah, not of the 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that's, if you have your phone in your hand, don't be like yelling at your phone, like, hey, Ikate, <laughs> send me lilies. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. I oh, either sorry, write it down. Say? Yeah. Don't write it. Like, just write it down or go to a different room and be, just be like, Ikate. <laughs> or you could light a little candle for her and just be like, hey, yeah. Yeah. Can you send me yeah. some? Or like, carve it into the candle. Send yeah. me lilies. Oh I don't, so I don't care how you that. do it. Just make sure that I know that was adorable. That was so that cute. Visual. That was a great. That was awesome. <laughs> but like, if you're going to do it, just, you know, be conscious of how technology works, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's it really, it's really weird when you open up your phone and it shows you something you were just oh, talking it's, about. It's a trip. It's fucking I'm like, weird. Why, why are you listening to me? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I am so like Sometimes I appreciate excited. it, but sometimes I just don't. I'm just like, come on now. Like, that was like, why me? I'm so yeah. not interesting. <laughs> we have right. another question that we absolutely love. What does it mean when a deity gives you something? So for example, like I was gifted an animal guide. Oh my God. Yeah. Love this question. Uh, we the reason why this question gifted them and they're adorable. Oh, yeah. do you recommend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ariel's got an animal guide that she was gifted, and so do yes. I. And it is amazing. And there are a variety of different reasons for why a deity would gift you an animal guide. And you know what we're gonna say? Mm. It depends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it depends. It depends because. And I mean, animal guides in particular, because they, they can gift you many things. Sometimes I've even heard of people being gifted like an ability, although very, very rare. Usually it's like an animal, which is cool. You know, I'm cool with that too. But sometimes like a gift to you will be that they help you to, uh, you know, unlock an ability for yourself or something. But when it comes to animal guides, what I find really beautiful is that it's a way for them to help you identify different parts of your instincts that you might not even recognize after working with them. Because when we work with a deity, I think we kind of look at it in more of a human way Mm. and human interactions. And sometimes part of what you're supposed to be learning from that deity is on an instinctual side. Mm. So it helps us to tune into the more I guess, animalistic parts of ourselves and that connection and helps us to look at it from a different point of view. So for example, one of the big lessons that Frega and Odin, who were the ones that gifted me the animal guide that I recently got, recently as in like the last year, was that they wanted me to stand up for myself more and they wanted me to be more assertive and more protective over what was mine. And that animal guide has helped me a lot with that and helps me to kind of step into that more instinctual energy of how to navigate situations like that. And that's, that's kind of how I see animal guides being gifted. I think it's just another way for them to help you to learn a lesson, but maybe in a way where it doesn't really involve too much of the mind and more of the senses. Mm-hmm. And I mean, especially too, like, the vast majority of my animal guides don't speak at all Mm -hmm. like they Mm -hmm. don't speak they don't use a voice they only connect through energy or through visions um so it's not relying on speech or the ability to have that kind of it's it's a non it's a it's a non-verbal communication and that is different for me anyway than how i would normally talk with my deities which is just 
talking to them. So it's, it's a really cool gift to get. And I had a similar situation as Ariel. I was gifted an animal guide from Artemis that that animal guide specifically represents energies that I find very difficult to incorporate naturally Mm -hmm. by myself. There's aspects of that, that animal guide that is just really hard for me to lean into without being prompted to do it. So that animal guide has helped me to learn how to embrace community, sharing more of myself and being more vulnerable and allowing the beauty of seeing essentially a pack come together rather than having to take everything in life solo. And yeah. I that has been a really key learning experience for me that she I guess she felt the best way to teach me that lesson would have been through a gifted animal guide. And I would agree with her because it's been it's been one of the most beautiful experiences. Now, if a deity gives you a, a gift like that, does that make you extra special? No, that is just part of the way that that deity has chosen to work with you. And that doesn't mean that you are better than anybody else. That doesn't mean that you get bragging rights. That doesn't mean, it doesn't mean any of that. It just means that that lesson you are meant to learn and in that, through that medium. So I want to caution people to not think that if you don't get a a gift like that, that you aren't valuable or worthy or or special or anything like that. Like it, it, in the end, it really just depends on the nature of the relationship with that deity and the lessons that you're meant to learn and in what way. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I do think that, um, too, that if you are gifted an animal guide, for example, of course, like we said, it doesn't have to be an animal guide, but like if it is, what I would encourage you to do if you're unsure of why you're being gifted something like that or what it means is look into that animal look into the animal that's that's coming through and look at how they navigate their habitat and their environment look at how they interact with other species look at how they go about their day like really study that animal because that will give you a lot more understanding of maybe aspects that they're asking you to integrate into your mm-hmm. practice or into your uh, the way that you approach life And that can give you a lot of clarity because I think here's the thing. (laughs) I, I feel so uncomfortable about saying this, but like I, it's, it's honest. Okay. (laughs) Honesty station. We have arrived. Yeah. We all know that DD work or we should know that DD work is work. Like you have to put work in, but if you expect everything to be handed to you in DD work, you shouldn't be doing it. No, absolutely not. No. Like if you, if every, every time they give you something to look into, you're just like, oh, well, why can't you just tell me? Um, no, 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 that is not part of the deal. You agreed to do work with them. If you want to work with a deity, you at some point said, whether verbally or through agreeing to that, I am willing to do the work in order to learn from you. And yeah, by saying why time, yeah. energy, and attention. Right, right. Don't be lazy. And yeah. And it doesn't mean that like you can't 
you know, vent about it, like trust, Mm -hmm. (laughs) trust. We vent about it all the time. And it's Mm -hmm. okay to be frustrated. If you're not getting something right away and you don't understand why something's coming through for you, it's okay to be like, I just, I don't know why. I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand what it means yet, but I'm trying to figure it out. That's okay. That's That's great. Yeah. But being like, I just want them to tell me, you know, like, why can't you just tell me? I just don't want to do the, no, uh, no, what? No, why? (laughs) No. That's how my grandma used to say it. No, I love that. Um, <laughs> love the accentuation. Wow. Yes. yes. And another question that we had was, and this is a question we get a lot actually, is how often are deities present or around people throughout the day? And do they always respond if you always already are working with them? So if you are working with them or you have them as a patron, do they always respond in comparison to if you're not? in a patron connection with them. So I think we should go over because it is kind of different if they're a patron or if they're not. So let's go over if they're not a patron for that person. And then if they are. So in my opinion, if you are working with a deity without them being a patron for you, they aren't always present Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Like they can kind of be in and out. I've had deities come in to work with me and uh, like there's a DD that I'm working with right now who's doing this where they came in and they were like really, really present. And then they just kind of left. And I was like, Oh, uh, are they not working with me anymore? And then like a situation would come up where they would want to be helping me with it and they would come right back in. So it just kind of depends on what they're working with you on. Like, for example, if they're working with you through shadow work or something like that, every time there's an opportunity for shadow work, they might come in and be like, Hey, that's what I'm here for. And mm-hmm. so, so there's that. And if you're not working with them, I think when you call on them, they can kind of come at their leisure. Like even if you're working with them and they're not a patron, I feel like it's similar to if you weren't working with them at all. Like they have the right to just be like, I'm busy right now or I'm not coming in um, because you haven't made a solid agreement with them other than saying, I'm going to be willing to work with you on this thing until it's to completion or, you know, until we feel that it's been completed to what we need it to be, yep. you know, at. So that's how I feel about like people not having patrons or not having that deity as a patron rather. When it comes to patron deities though, that's I think different. it's different. Yeah. That's different. And Alyssa and I actually talk about this a lot of, there have been times where We've just kind of been like, you know, I just, I'm not feeling them as much. <laughs> like they're just, they're just kind of like not there. And I can't remember which one of our deities said this, but one of them was like, no, we're here. You just have gotten used to us. Like we're just. <laughs> I I think that was either Lucifer or Fricka. One of the two of them, one I think, of them. said that. And then it clicked. We were like, it oh. does sound like a Frega thing to say. <laughs> it does sound like a Frega thing to say, but like, we were like, oh shit. Oh, that mm-hmm. makes so much sense because that's kind of is... how it was with like Hestia too. Oh, like, literally the exact same mm-hmm. thing. I just didn't know because she didn't, she didn't She's make like, herself I am known. your house. <laughs> She's like, I'm your literal fucking house. And I'm like, what the shit? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. what? like it just, it's so bizarre because you don't realize it until you realize it. And then you're like, oh, yeah. fuck, whoa. 
So yeah, like that was such an amazing revelation. And Ariel where I, and I were talking about it. Like there's just, you get so used to their energy being around yes. that they're just, they become part of your status quo. That's your baseline now is just yeah. having that energy with you. So for me, I don't notice them until they make a concerted effort to be noticed because they're just always sort of present yeah. in this in this way as in like either I can see them and they're in the background or I don't see them and I can feel them just yeah. like but like I don't notice it either because it's just it's just the way it is right or like you'll yeah or like you'll notice them more when you're doing spell work with them or yes. something like that yes. because it's like their energy comes through really potently yeah because you're channeling it for them you know it's 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 mm -hmm. different in certain scenarios or like when they're mm -hmm. coming through, when you're feeling, you know, down or something, I can feel them come in really strongly to like, yeah. let me know that I'm, th that they're there or something like that. So yeah. like I if I'm sad, if I'm upset yeah. or if I'm doing a particular yeah. action, one of them will make yes. himself a bit more known or like more present. Or if there's something I'm actively learning about, one might come yeah. up and be like, did you try doing this? And I'm like, what the yeah. hell? Like, well, Hey, what's up? Like it's when it's, I need to feel close to them, I I usually try to do something to honor them. Yeah, like, like a ritual I've, or an offering. Yeah. I've yeah. found that when I feel like I just need to it's not a need to know, but like there have been times where sometimes I'll just feel extra alone and mm -hmm. I'll go to my Nordic altar and I'll light their candles. And it's not because I don't think they're there, but it's almost like I need to be doing for me like an active thing of I'm taking the time to sit here with you in your energy so that I can feel your presence more strongly. Yep. And it's kind of just activating that sacred space to really open yourself. Cause I think we kind of close ourselves off too yeah. as we're going throughout the day. But I do think part of this conversation too goes into um, people who take on deities as patrons or start working with deities and they're like, oh, I, you know, took them on as a patron and now I just don't feel them anymore. And I, it's kind of more of a question of, are you not feeling them anymore? Like, are they not there or are you not feeling them because you've gotten so used to their energy? And so yeah. it's, I, I don't think it's a sign that they've left. I think sometimes no. it's just, you get so used to their energy. It's like having a pet, you know, you're just yeah. eventually going to not really notice the clicky clack of their little meals that all over the floor. I do because I try to film content for fuck's sake. So I'm just like, why are you walking so much? Like, why do you stop walking? Why are you so mobile? Like, <laughs> can you, so you just not move? Drinking water. Stop it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it is pretty accurate. My name is Ariel Willow. I'm a clairvoyant medium and occultist with over a decade of experience of helping others build deeper connections with spirit and themselves and improve or reconnect to their abilities. My services cater towards abilities coaching, deity practice, astrology, and more. Visit www.ariowillow.com to find out more. It's time to step into your power. To jump off a little bit from this point, Working with a deity and having a patron deity, I'm going to kind of lump them in together to make this point. Yeah. Do not treat them like your on-call therapists. No. Or like your little attack dogs that you can hide no. behind and act like you're superior and 
you know, the most protected thing in the world because you have like such and such deity behind you. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be that person. Yeah. yeah. Don't be that. But that makes you look bad. That that means you're not you're not ready for deity work. If that's yeah. how you it treat- makes you look bad and them look bad because you represent them now. And the rest of us who actually yeah. do real deity work and not, you know, to yeah. just self-aggrandize ourselves in front of other people. Like it's, yeah. don't do that. It it means there's something that you need to work on within yourself if you feel the need to hide behind your deity. It's just yeah. gross. I don't like it. That's that's when you ask yourself, is am I saying that because I truly believe it or am I saying it because I just want someone to stand up for me because mm-hmm. nobody else did? Mm-hmm. There's so many shadow work prompts in here. So I'm many. so sorry. No. Okay. No, uh, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> this is part of it, man. Like this is this is uh, to do deity work. I, like no fucking joke. To do deity work is to be self-aware. Is to know thyself. Yes. It is part of yes. the journey. Yes. It is part of the journey. So in any case, th- that kind of lends itself to like, okay, well, I you know I'm I'm saying to you like, for the love of all things fucking holy, please do not like hang off of your deity like on your like on the pant legs of your deity so how dedicated do they expect you to be and like what happens if you're not able to keep up with your end of the bargain so to speak and again it depends oh there's so many ways to approach this because yeah it does depend (laughs) at the end of the day it really does (laughs) yeah well because you can also have multiple lessons that you learn with a deity too Mm -hmm. like you might have a lesson around discipline that you learn with a deity or you might have a lesson of you know learning how to be more comfortable being alone with the deity i mean there's just so many with with lucifer he did not tell me that i had to be super dedicated at the beginning but he Mm -hmm. did expect that from me after like a couple months into me working with him, he was like very, very determined all of a sudden out of the blue to have me giving him all like offerings every single day before Mm -hmm. I did anything else. I'm talking about like even going to the bathroom. He was like, get up out of bed, give me an offering right now. And I was like, what is your deal? Like what, (laughs) what is your problem? Like it was just sudden one day he was just like, I want an offering every single day before you do anything else. And I was like, damn, this dude demanding a shit. It was really annoying. Like I remember being like during that time, just being so frustrated and just being like, dude, why are you on my case so much? But at the end of it, it was like, I don't know. He didn't even tell me how long it was going to be, but it was like 30 days or something like that. It was at least a month. And at the end of it, he was like, oh, by the way, I'm going to leave. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you just die in a ditch? Like, what the hell? <laughs> and, um, and so I was like sitting there just dumbfounded. I was like, what are you talking about? You're going to leave. This was before I took him on as a patron. But this experience was actually what made me want to take him on as a patron. Because before he left, he was like, okay, I'm going to leave because our work here for, is done for now. That was his exact words. And I said, well, you just made me give you all these offerings. Like, what was that about? I was like, oh, because you wanted to know how dedicated I was to you. Did I not do it right? And he was like, no, you did exactly what you needed to do, which was not to show me your dedication to me, but to show yourself the dedication you can have to your practice. 
And I was oh like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'll be Lucifer. I was like, oh, God. Okay. Jeez. So after he left, I was more dedicated to my craft. I, I actually took pleasure in being able to be consistent for myself because instead of doing it for them, it was a way for me to show that I could be dedicated to something, mm-hmm. even if it made me uncomfortable. And that was huge for me because I didn't have confidence in my ability to follow through with something. And I needed them to show me that I could because when I felt that I couldn't follow through with something, I could follow through when it meant that I was doing it for them. So if I could do it for them, why couldn't I do it for me? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So when you think about it that way, how dedicated do they ask you to be or expect you to be? It's literally the same lesson Artemis taught me. Same exact lesson in a different way, but same Mm -hmm. exact lesson. Yes. Yes. So if it does depend, right? Mm -hmm. It really depends on where you're at in your practice and what lessons you need to learn about yourself and your practice and where your obstacles, challenges, and even misconceptions are. Yeah. Yeah. I I had the same lesson come up with Odin as well with reading through a book. But it was different because during that time I had, you know, a couple things happen where I had mental health struggles and there were a couple days where I was going to bed and I was just like, oh, then I just, I can't do it tonight. I just, I need to just go to bed. And he was like, okay, then go to bed. Mm-hmm. And then I would try to get on my phone for TikTok and he's like, up. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, nope. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to bed, oh you're going to go to bed. I and forgot I like, about ah, this lesson until you ooh, were talking it about was, it. It was spicy. And I was like, wow, you calling me out on my TikTok addiction. But it was also that was that was a different dedication. And what that dedication was was that if you're going to say that you're gonna do something, then do it. Yeah. But don't try to take away your opportunity to take care of yourself to cater to something else. So it was about putting my needs above his request, but only if I was truly doing that. Mm-hmm. And that was instead that of out sucked. of laziness or something like yep. that. Yep. Yep. Because my my thing was that I was using TikTok as a way to be lazy and not as a form of self-care. Whereas a form of self-care would be to instead of reading, go straight to bed because I was tired. So that sucked too. <laughs> that sucked. But that reminded things- me of that when Artemis had me given her water nonstop. Oh my God. I remember, remember that. <laughs> yes. She had me given her water nonstop. Mm-hmm. It was like fresh water. It could even be just a couple of hours. And she's like, I want fresh water. And I'm like, I just, yeah. and she's like, Mm-mm. I want mm-hmm. fresh water. And I'm like, what is with the water? And yeah. I was even telling Arl to give her water. Yes. Like I was just like, she wants everybody, everybody in the world who listens, she wants water. And I realized that when she stopped asking me for the water, she just wanted to see, <laughs> she wanted to see how long I would go until I questioned her. Yeah. Yeah. Because I followed her blindly. I was like, mm-hmm. you asked for it. Like you like because but again, I'm in a different stage where the level of dedication that I had committed to her around that point was around the same time that I had done the um the priestess ritual. 
Yeah. So yeah. she was like, well, if I ask you to do something, are you going to just do it or are you going to ask me why? And right, clearly it right. was like, you could ask me to do anything in the fucking world and I'll do it. And she was like, I just wanted to see like how long you would go until you really looked me in the face and said, why do you want water? Like, it's not that I won't <laughs> give her water. It's that she wants me to be able to understand her motivations. Like that yeah. was that was the lesson for me. It was like just because she tells me to jump and I say how high, I still need to understand like what is the lesson that I will be teaching other people by jumping for her. Do yes. you know what I mean? Yes. So that was her her lesson through the water, and I was I, I was so happy to see that come to an end though, because it was like she was, <laughs> was really it was a lot. She was like oh so demanding, and I was like oh my god like. <laughs> water man yeah no well that's the thing too is like i think the and the reason why we're bringing up a bunch of personal examples is because we want to show you like the range that there can be it is really dependent yeah it can be so weird and so random but it is about dedication to self dedication to your craft and also dedication to them how how willing are you to be dedicated because here's the thing Deity work doesn't ever get easier. And that is a reality that I need y'all to wrap your heads Mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. Deity work does not get easier. It only gets harder because they are going to push you to where they know that you can get to. And if you keep going back to your comfort zone, they will push you out of it. Like, listen, I kind of view it like... I view it like Sisyphus, constantly fucking pushing yes. that boulder up the hill, my friends. Yes. Like, they'll be behind you, cheering you on and being like, you're pushing mm-hmm. up that fucking, look mm-hmm. at you go, baby. Look at you go. And then just as soon as you're in a stride, they're like, guess what? Here's a little yeah. stick. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. you're just like, why? Yes. But it's yes. because they know what you're capable of. They mm-hmm. know what you're capable of. And, and until they, they test you, you, you yep. won't know. Yeah. Yep. But like, here's the thing though, there's, there is, it is okay to have anxiety about deity work because deity work is going to bring up anxiety. But here's Mm -hmm. the thing. There have been people who have asked us about if you don't, if you're not able to meet their expectations, because let's be realistic. There are people who are like disabled they have limited mobility. They mm-hmm. are struggling a lot with mental health, like things like that. But there are scenarios where you're not going to be able to meet the demands that you want to or that they've asked from you. But this is something that Alyssa and I try to drive home is that they know that. They know your limitations better than you do. So there have been times where I will think that I'm not capable of following through with something like showering or whatever. And they'll be like, nope, you're going to get in the shower right now. And I'm just like, no, I do not feel capable of this. I don't want to do it. I have no desire to do it and I don't feel good. And they're like, get in the goddamn shower (laughs) and I will. And then I feel better. Right. Because it was that self-limiting thing. I was Mm -hmm. limiting what I felt that I was able to do and they knew that I could do it. But there are times when you will be about to push yourself past the point of having any spoons left and they will stop me. Oh, especially when I get into my bad coping or like when my, um, when certain like 
things are really strong and I get into my mm-hmm. intense cleaning, that's like a horrible coping yes. mechanism I have. And yes. even Hestia, she's like, stop it. And she, she loves she's like, cleaning girl. as an offering. But like, yeah. I will literally have them step in front of me and be like, mm-hmm. stop mm-hmm. cleaning the counter and go yeah. to bed. And I'm like, no, I got to do this. Like, I got it. Yeah. And they're like, it's literally 2 a.m. What the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's honestly, they they are very aware of our human limitations. They're aware of yes. our situations. They get it. They really yeah. do get it. But does that mean, does that mean that they're not going to push your boundaries? Absolutely not. Oh, especially they, well, because they they're going to test you whether yeah. or not you're going to keep your boundaries yeah. of, I honestly don't feel good tonight and I'm checking in with myself mm-hmm. and I genuinely just don't feel good enough to do this. Can we yeah. do it a different night? That's okay to say to Perfect. Aditi. Perfect. Like if you are not feeling mentally well, like you are depresso espresso like mm-hmm. two times right you have two shots of depresso espresso and you're like really feeling it and you're just not having a good time and they're asking you to do this elaborate ritual and you do not have the spoons and you know that if you do it you'll be you worse follow- off yeah you'll be worse off it is something where it takes self-awareness to know whether or not you are not doing it because you didn't manage time well. That's that's an honest thing to ask yourself. Yep. Why did I end up in this position? Did I manage my time well? Did mm-hmm. I get what I genuinely needed to get done done? Or did I put extra Ooh. things in my schedule in order to avoid this? I was just which, about to say, did you overcommit? Oh, mm-hmm. Which I'm is bad for that. Less, same. Because I'll be like, oh, I'm getting all this stuff done. And then all of a sudden at the end of the night, I'm just like, crash. Shit. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's a lesson in self-discernment of, did I overcommit? Did I, you know, leave enough time to get this done? And it's about following through with things, but it's also about understanding when you genuinely just can't do something. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you did plan to do it and you did manage your time well, but you still didn't have enough time at the end of the day, or you didn't have enough energy and that is okay. They're going to understand. If it's a genuine mistake or if it is a genuine situation where yeah, you just don't feel good, they will understand. They're not going to be upset with you. They aren't going to be upset with you. But it is about self-awareness. A huge lesson in that is self-awareness, which sucks. I'm going to say that a lot in this episode because a lot of stuff sucks. I love. Don't get me wrong. I love my deities. I really do. But sometimes, sometimes... I'm just like, why am I doing this? I just want to make it, I want to make it so clear why I say this all the time. Like I never shut up about boundaries, but, and I never yes. will. It's yes. so important to be upfront. Like, oh my God, before you even get into an agreement with a deity to oh, do deity work, so you important. need to lay all your cards on the table. Pun absolutely the fuck intended. Mm-hmm. Lay all your cards on the table. Tell like, what are your expectations? What are their expectations? What are your boundaries? And what are their boundaries? You need to have this conversation so that you are never put in a place of detriment where you feel like, oh, uh, you know, I am stuck in this 
position where they've overstepped a boundary. Well, did they overstep a boundary because you didn't tell them what it was or because you never had that conversation with them? Like, is this really them or is this you? Like, is this somewhere where you can improve by stepping up and saying, this is a boundary for me. And that's why, like, I just, I, I cannot understand the concept of like figuring out that it's a deity, right? That is coming forward for someone and then jumping into agreeing to work with them and not having this fundamental, foundational conversation with them. It's something so basic. I do it with friendships. I do this with friendships where I'm like, okay, like we're besties. What are your expectations? Like, what do you, what is it that's you really value in a friendship? And same with romantic, same with professional businesses or professional uh, relationships what are your expectations what are your boundaries what are like no-goes these are all very basic foundational things that you need to have that conversation with the deity and that's why it's so important to have a strong sense and line of communication Mm -hmm. and you know who's great at pushing boundaries infernals And everybody, nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about it, but they are amazing at that. I had a situation Mm -hmm. with Lucifer where I set a clear boundary with him and he crossed it Mm -hmm. and I got super mad with him and we had a conversation and I was like, why did you cross that boundary? And he was like, why didn't you enforce it? And I was like, fuck. It's what... (laughs) So he's, I swear to God, he has the best fucking life. He's so smart though. And that's why I hate it so much. He's so smart. They're just like, it's like cunning. They're so cunning. Yes. I don't know what it is with the infernos. Right when I think I've nailed it and I have him and I'm just like, you did something wrong. He's just like, nope, you didn't get the lesson. And I was like, fuck. They're so good for this. Like, it's crazy how they can go, but they can be so roundabout, man. It's wild. But like, if you if you are having a you know what i'm going to i'm going to focus on infernals here for a second so yeah. the infernal pantheon oh, or the demonic too. divine whatever you want to call them cuz a lot of people are they, getting into working with them which they're amazing but there's a lot which they're great say. we have to there's say a lot, lot we have to say mm-hmm. but by the way we're both demonologists so yes, we we yes. both worship and work with demons yeah so it's a part of our practice it's it's a part of the conversation around deity work, but this is infernals are unique. Okay. Yeah, they really are. Yes. They're just different in the sense that like, you know, and, and Ariel can speak to working with the Norse pantheon and I can speak working with the Hellenic pantheon. Mm-hmm. It's wildly fucking different. Oh, it's so it's different. wildly different. It is so different. Infernals push the boundaries like you wouldn't believe because here's mm-hmm. the thing it's one thing to identify a boundary it's another to, to communicate it and it's an, even another to enforce it yes yes and these and are they all will try you on all three fronts all three and you think you think you got it figured out yeah they'll keep pushing they'll keep yep. pushing yep and so it's on you man like it, i all like even just with a deity work in general it takes work but with infernals in particular you need to be aware that you are getting involved with entities that literally will break you into millions of pieces and rebuild you because you're mm-hmm. you're you're going to be stronger when you're rebuilt but it's going to suck it's going to mm-hmm. fucking suck they're going to they're going to question they're going to make you question what you what you think you know what you understand who you think you are what it even means to know who you are like yeah. it, 
the, what it means the, to be alive. The, like, it will make means, you question like, everything. Like, yeah. It's wild. The, the, the direction that they take in, and the way that they teach their lessons is, and I, and I've talked about this before that I don't like the idea of beginner deities. I was just I about to go there. Same brain, Oh, were man. you? Same brain. <laughs> so yeah. No, because brain. yes, I know we do this all the time. It's great. Um, it happens all the no, time. I was just about, <laughs> I was just about to go there because the thing is, okay. And I'm, hmm, we're going to get deep here. Are you ready? Okay. Let's dive. I'm deep in the TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> we're so excited about this conversation, everybody. TikTok. I love it, but it makes infernals look so approachable. And I, yeah. I'm guilty of this too. I am, I, I am, am I'm putting myself on the stand here. Same. I am guilty of this too, because I don't want anybody to approach spirit thinking that they can't. But the problem is that I think I've made it sound like they're much more approachable for everyone than they are. And it yeah. doesn't mean that nobody can work with them. I'm not trying to gatekeep infernals at all. I don't think they should be gatekept. However, I do think that if you are going into working with them. It's not because, oh, you saw someone have a really sweet interaction with Lucifer online. It's not because, oh, someone like had Luc like uh, Leviathan helping them with baneful magic. Like it should not be that. It should be because you are ready to do the fucking work and you I'm are laughing because we're both absolutely. For that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And that's the thing. We, like, we, I'm calling myself out here. I like, me too. I do I, it all the time. the way we communicate about them, we yeah. make them sound... Well, well because, because they're okay. so demonized. That's they, the thing. <laughs> they're, okay. they're so demonized. <laughs> they're like... so demonized because, okay, we went from... Here's, here's the issue. We went in society from demons are bad, demons are evil, uh, you know, curse demon, blah, 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 send them back to hell, to people being like no actually they're really beneficial to work with and then getting to this place of like oh my god look what lucifer did for me today he mm -hmm. helps me make a latte and then look like <laughs> yeah and then oh <sighs> Alyssa, <laughs> i had to i had to do it oh it makes i have visceral reactions to that nickname um same <sighs> oh okay i'm so sorry yep okay i'm not um uh, <laughs> She is chaos. Um, I am chaos. I am chaos. So there is these sections, like these phases we went through with infernals. And there's a part of me that is so excited about people wanting to work with infernals and being more open to learning the lessons that they have for us. But there is this growing frustration that I have with seeing people assume and treat them as though they are just like other deities and like Alyssa said, like, we're both guilty of this. We're both guilty of this because we want people to accept them as part of the swath of in, yeah. a, like an entities that you can work with, but they are not for everyone. They are not. Not everyone is going to like working infernal with infernals and not everyone is going to benefit from working yeah. with infernals. Oh, hundred percent. And that is a tough pill to swallow because like, I, to be honest, you know, you want to hear something? I Let's don't know do if it. I could ever work with comedic gods and goddesses. 
I don't think I could. I don't think I could work with um, Hellenic gods and goddesses because I don't think they're a good fit for me. And yep. part of being a deity practitioner is knowing, is knowing who yeah. is a good fit for you and who isn't. And where this goes back to dedication of how yeah. much are you able to dedicate to them? And are you able to follow through? This is one reason why I haven't taken uh, Medusa on. I love Medusa. Mm -hmm. She is one of my favorite goddesses and I will always have a shrine for her. But mm -hmm. I don't think that I would be able to take her on a, as a patron or work with her long term because I'm not able to dedicate the time and attention that I know that she would want. And that is a powerful thing to learn because it's you so learn, powerful. And I'm so it, fucking proud of you. Ugh. It is so important to know that so though. Important. And I can't, so I people... can't work with the Roman pantheon. I can't, yeah. I just yeah. don't connect well with them. You know, like you were sharing about like, you know, pantheons that you just don't think would fit for you. And same for me, there's pantheons. Yeah. I just don't think I have worked with a couple of deities from the comedic pantheon, but the comedic pantheon as a whole, I just do not connect with in the same way and yeah. so it just isn't the right fit i've had you know that it's really hard though because i've had two experiences with two particular comedic deities that literally changed my life yeah and well you can appreciate what they can offer you with, yes. while knowing that you can't work with them long term i and cannot provide them yeah. the level of attention and dedication the way yeah. i can and am willing to with the Hellenic yeah. and Infernal Pantheon. I just can't. And yeah. I and that I get that and they get that. You know? So it's like it's you it, oh man, it's just it's you know wild. What, oh, you know what just came up too? Mm. What I just thought of is and I, I'm I'm guilty of this too. I'm guilty of this too. This is why I'm bringing this up because I, I hate that this episode is just me calling me <laughs> myself out all the time. I feel the same. I'm like god, I um, suck. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in the the sucky boat together we're all in the titanic we're all going down um so i mm, i okay as someone who is was previously christian you know where i'm going with this i know exactly someone, where you're going yep and it sucks mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i'm doing it lucifer was like just spit it out ariel when i first had lucifer come through for me i was i was scared of him <laughs> i was scared mm -hmm. of him because i i had only had experience with angels and like one hellenic deity and that was it like very very limited experience with anything outside of any angels so i was still working through my you know religious trauma but one reason why the infernal pantheon appealed to me so much was because i wanted to go completely opposite of the church and in the beginning, I don't know that I can say with certainty that that wasn't my driving reason for working with them. And I mm. hate that. I hate admitting that because I wish that it was different. But I do think that we do see this pattern of people who have religious trauma wanting to work with infernals. And I don't think there, I don't think that's a bad thing, but I do think that there's a, there is an importance in being honest with yourself as to why, because if you don't recognize why that is going to hold you back. 
because you're always going to be trying to prove something to other people by working with them instead of actually doing the work on yourself. Ooh, I just got and something to, to oh, add to that. Sucks. So I until I recognize that. that, I Oof. didn't actually make the progress that I needed to with him because I needed to recognize why I was working with him. Mm-hmm. And that, that wasn't, it's important. It really is. Oh, man. You know what? So this is the thing with infernals. I'm telling you. They, they, they get you. They There's get so ya. much around them. And like, I, I I'm know. so uncomfortable <laughs> saying this, but I'm going to say I'm it so anyway. Right now. So I'm so sweating. sweating. <laughs> so damn. I, the reason oh. why I'm uncomfortable is because I spend so much time I, oh fuck! It's because I we. Uh, it's because Ariel and I care so fucking much about making sure that things around spirituality are approachable to people and whatever. Yes. Okay, but I know we've given a ton of disclaimers, and I'm just I'm just beating around the bush because I'm nervous. I know. So <laughs> Leviathan, he's like, spread it out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So my here. Listen, honesty is the best policy. <laughs> so I can hear I, him sighing in the background. He's just like, oh, what's up? I beg of you. I beg, I beg of you. If you are in the process of deconstructing your religious trauma, whether it's from Christianity or a different yes. religion, okay? Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Please figure your shit out. Before you yes. go running to Lucifer Morningstar, some other deity, yes, and expecting them to fix it for you, or mm-hmm. bringing along your predispositions to whatever you learned in that religion and forcing it upon the pagan community. Yeah. Yeah. Do not do it, that. Yes. It took me eight years. No, actually nine. It took me nine years, if not 10. I think it was about work. nine. It's it hard took work. Me nine years from leaving the church to working with infernals. Mm-hmm. And most people are jumping from going from the church to a month later working with Lucifer. I, and <laughs> I'm not going to say that you shouldn't do it, but just know that there is a lot of deconstruction that happens in the beginning mm-hmm. that will prevent you from having the kind of connection you want with your deities. If you are not willing to look them in the face and be honest with yourself of where they're coming from and why, in and that addition, can be really hard. A lot of the deities that are open to people that are part of open pantheons are polytheistic in nature. Yes. So one of the most common questions that I get and that I see is, "Can I worship this deity and this one?" Fucking yes. It's in the title, polytheism, not monotheism. It is not. A religion or any forces you to accept one God as almighty. And even just that very basic level of deconstructing from moving away from this concept that it has to be one or even that gets brought over into the pagan community. And it seeps in to the questions that we have around deity work. And it makes it really difficult to have these conversations. Yes. I'm so sorry. As you were saying that, I just a huge strike of lightning and really loud thunder. Ooh, hey Zeus, um, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I was like, Daddy Zeus. No, I'm just kidding. Daddy um, Zeus approves of this message. Yeah. I, as much as I'm like, please don't do that. I also recognize yeah. 
that it's a difficult process and that it's going to take it time. Is. Just be honest with yourself along the way and and try not to take a lot of the predispositions that come with that religious trauma and force it upon the conversations around deity work. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. the problem that I have is people who will come, who won't finish the deconstruction process from uh, religion, come into the pagan community, talk about deity work with other practitioners and force yeah. the, the rhetoric and narratives that are from that previous religion onto pagan religions. I fucking yeah. hate that. I yeah. fucking hate it. And I know it's hard work. I get it. But again, that's part of deity work. You need to be doing the work on yourself. It, it, you, mm -hmm. cannot, you cannot work with the deity and escape working with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you're the practice. You are, you the are practice. your practice. You are and the if practice. You are, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is the thing that will change. Your practice will change because you will change. It's not yeah. the other way around. Your practice doesn't change without you changing. Yeah. So, and if you want growth, you have to change. It is unavoidable. And it's so uncomfortable to say this because there's so much discomfort that comes around. There's so much pain and confusion that comes with leaving religions like Christianity and searching yeah. for a new connection with divinity and searching for a, a place to call home and a place to grow and to feel accepted and loved and welcomed. It is a hard journey that you guys go through. I didn't go through it, but I hear a lot about it. And... I, I feel really bad saying that, but it, again, it's that hard truth that if you're going to be going from one to the next, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that self-reflection that comes in along the way. And so again, full circle back to infernals, like, yeah, you're going to have a yeah. bad time if you think that they're going to coddle you the entire way. Yeah. They're not going to, no. they're not going to, they can be sweet. Like oh, they can be sweet. Oh. They can be amazing. So the amazing. experiences that I've had with Astaroth and Lucifer have been incredibly loving and caring and kind, but they have also been some of the most difficult lessons that I have had to learn. And it's like, been extremely uncomfortable. Absolutely the same thing with Leviathan and some of mm -hmm. the other demons that I don't really talk too much about publicly. Yeah. But, yeah. but <laughs> Leviathan in particular, who I'm very vocal about and I share a lot about him. I make him out to seem so much more like, I don't know, jovial. And I, I don't know, yeah. I, I, I show a side of him that is very unique to where I'm at in my practice and what we've yeah. already built together. But I can promise you it wasn't like that at the beginning. No, he was very serious in the beginning. He was so fucking stoic and so serious. Because I had yes. to get over my own shit. Like yeah. there were things I needed to learn. Like if you're if you're working on that deconstruction process, one of the really difficult things Ooh, that's well, it's even that. just not just with yeah. people who are deconstructing, but also just in general, right? Of people not feeling good enough. With all that being said, you know, if you if you have anxiety around working with a deity, that's that's actually normal, like to have anxiety oh, yeah. to not really know what to expect. Yeah. And that's why well, I say you want to do a good job. Exactly. You want to yeah. do a good job. And that's why I say put all your cards on the table. So yes. be upfront at the beginning, but, but there's a, but if you have anxiety around taking on a patron because you don't have a clear mode of communication with them, do not work with the deity and do not take yeah. on a patron. 
Yeah. And that's because the most important thing that you could possibly have in deity work is a clear, solid line yes. of communication. Yes. And I hate to I hate to say that because it makes it sound it like sucks. we are gatekeeping deity work and we're you know? not. The the reason why we're saying this is because you have to have a clear motivate mode of communication because listen, Alyssa and I offer sessions where we are giving you messages from deities, but if that is your mode for communicating with your deity for deity work, you should no. not be doing deity no. work yet. And it doesn't mean that you can't ever do deity work. No, it's not a not you, everything. Yeah. You need to figure out your modality of communication with them first, whether mm -hmm. it's a pendulum or dowsing rods or dice or coins or cards or, you know, scrying or, you know, looking up at the sky and yelling at the clouds and looking at symbols in the clouds. I don't, I don't give a fuck how you talk to them, <laughs> like whatever works for you, but have a modality of communication that you can use because you need to have clear communication with them. You have to have a way to communicate. So have that set up. And if you have anxiety because you don't set it up, work on that first, yes. right? Because yes. if the deity wants to work with you, they will, they will wait oh, until you have a modality of time doesn't matter to them. Yeah. They don't, <laughs> they don't give a fuck. They They'll wait. Shit. But there also are times that deities will come through for you and mm. they will come through to help you with something. And then you figure it out on your, your own. So they don't need to help you with it anymore. So they'll mm -hmm. just leave. There mm -hmm. are situations like that. But for the most part, if they're wanting to help you with something like, oh, I'm coming through to, you know, help you with, you know, I don't know, trauma or something. And you're like, oh, yes, but I don't know how to communicate with you. That's okay. Just focus on building a established communication thing and then go from there. Mm -hmm. But never take on a patron. No. And here, gosh. okay without communication. But here's the thing though. If your anxiety about taking them on as a patron is connected to you feeling as though you might not be able to live up to what they expect from you, mm -hmm. do what they expect from you as a patron before you take them on as a patron to yeah. see if you can follow through with it. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. You can do you that. Can. Yeah. You don't have to wait until they are your patron to start doing that stuff. You can ask them, if I were to take you on as, as a patron, what would you expect from me? Oh, my God. I did that to Hermes for months. Yeah. And that is okay. And to be honest, <laughs> if I was a deity, I would respect you more for wanting to show me that you could follow through with that before you make that agreement. Because I rather not have that an agreement that we break. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to have it be something where you're able to follow through. So if you're able to say, hey, I'm willing to just see if I can follow through with your requests before even getting into this. I'm like, sick. Yeah, let's mm -hmm. do it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. The point that we're really trying to drive home, though, is if you don't have a clear mode of communication and that mm -hmm. is the thing that's holding you back from having a patron or starting deity work, then please overcome that first before yeah. jumping into yeah. anything it's it makes no sense to enter into something that is predicated on communication without yes. a mode of communication it makes no sense 
And you should not ever use a practitioner as your speakerphone, as your mediator. You need to be able to have that conversation with the deity one-to-one. That's how you form your personal gnosis. That's how you form your unique connection with them. And so start with that first. And then the anxieties that you're having, communicate that with your deity using whatever mode is most comfortable with you and let them help guide you through what those anxieties are and also look within. Where is the source of your anxiety coming from? Is it anxiety because you have commitment issues? Is it anxiety because you don't feel worthy enough? Is it like, where does the anxiety stem from? Is it a you anxiety? Is it a them? Is it something else? And you work through that because like we've been saying this whole time, deity work is working on yourself. Yes, I I totally agree. And I think it's, it's a good segue into the next part, which is, is it necessary to have an objective to deity work or can you just, you know, want to build that relationship with that deity? And I would say no, like you don't really have to have a specific reason for wanting to work with a deity. However, I do have to say that the times, (laughs) the times that I have tried to work with deities just because I've wanted to have never worked out well for me. (laughs) Mm-hmm. they've never worked out well because you're just there for a good time and not a long time. <laughs> like <laughs> it really, it's really just comes down to that. Yeah. You're there because you might respect them or you might think they're cool and you just want to work with them because you're just like, Oh, well so many other people have these cool experiences or like maybe you want to work with Hermes because like he brings this person a lot of money. I want to work with a DB like that. Like, <laughs> it is, if I'm going to be honest, the best connections that I have had with deities are deities that come to me because they know what I need better than I do. And Mm -hmm. it's not to say that you can't call in deities and ask them. Yeah. Like it's not that you can't call them in and work with them for a little bit and see Mm -hmm. how you feel. And there are people who do that yeah. and build a connection with them, take them on as patrons and everything just because they felt drawn to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But I know that when I have had deities come forward for me, I have the most profound experiences because they, one, sometimes are not deities that I would have ever felt worthy of working with, or they are deities that. I would have never expected to click with so much. Mm-hmm. And isn't that a started, funny thing when that happens? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and that makes a huge difference because if you're not feeling this connection with a deity, like, you know, you really yeah, know you do. it's this, I don't know how to explain it because it's, it's kind of like when you have, it's kind of like when I met Alyssa, mm-hmm. like there was just this clicking moment. Like yep. it was just like, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. We're friends now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it it just built from there. But when you, when you want to build a relationship with someone, like, like, let's say that you like see, oh, I hate using this example, but like, this is the one that comes to mind. If you see someone online and you're just like, wow, they're so cool. And you get to talking to them and like the conversation falls flat and like, it just, oh, it's so awkward. But like, you're trying so hard to build this connection with this person because you want to be in connection with them because you think they're cool or you think that you'll have opportunities through them or something, it's always going to feel awkward. 
because (laughs) you're going in with an expectation Mm -hmm. instead of just wanting to experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would agree with the, with, well, I'm a little bit more forward, I think, when it comes to answering this question in the sense that I actually do think it's necessary to have an objective to be considered deity work as we define and understand it um, today. And the reason for that is because without it, it is deity worship or it is hanging out. Otherwise, yeah, there is no reason or that's purpose. That's a good point. It. That is that is something that I wanted to talk about too. Was yeah. people like having deities as their best friends? And I'm I'm so sorry to be this person. I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. It's deities. so uncomfy. Oh, it's so uncomfy. And I don't say this to try to hurt your like hurt anybody's feelings. Okay, but deities are not your best friends. Deities are not your best friends. They can teach you about friendship. They can oh, yeah. help you build friendships. Oh, they, they can, can have help opinions you... on friendships. Yeah, and they can help you build community. Yep. But they are not your best friends. They're your teacher. That they're your teacher. Bingo. You can be friendly with a teacher. Yeah. You can have a, a close connection with a teacher in the sense that you just really learn really well from them mm-hmm. because they're just able to speak in a way or communicate something in a way that you really understand, but they are not your friend just because they're teaching you something. And mm-hmm. I that that's a hard one for me to realize that's too. It's a hard it's one. Like, it, it's that's a hard, hard one, one because I feel very close to them. As humans, yeah. we want to build connection. So it's yeah. not bad for you to want to be friends with them. But you also have to realize that being friendly with a deity and quote unquote friends with a deity is much different than being friends with a a person. Oh, it's because Mm -hmm. there is an undercurrent of expectation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas with a friend, you can just spend time and enjoy their company. Now that's not to say yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. That's not to say that in deity work you can't feel like friends though. Like mm, it's mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. I don't know how, it's it's kind of hard to to explain it but is like hard. yeah. It's, it's hard to explain because it, we're trying to like keep in mind that All right. So we're trying to be honest about things and realistic with you all without seeming as though you can't have fun yeah. with deity work. it can be so much fun too. It can be and so much fun. And it dude, can also I play be... fucking video games with some of yeah. mine and that's a thing I do with yeah. friends. But that's... Or like the live stream that we had with Hermes. Like yeah. that, those so can be fun. times where you're having a good time while also realizing that they are part of your human experience. Yes. Yes. Right? They're helping you to really have a human experience on a deeper level but there's literally an epithet of hermes that means friend hermes the friendly and that's but but the way we understand friend the dynamic of a relationship with a friend doesn't apply in a deity work situation in the way we identify and define it and understand it today where it's objective based where you are you are wanting guidance, mentorship, teaching. Mm-hmm. You want them to help you in some form or fashion. It's just a different dynamic. And so that's what we're trying to explain. But that doesn't mean that you yeah. can't have experiences with them that is like having a friend because it really is like that. It can be right. like that. 
Right. And not every deity right. is like that. But Hermes is one of the most well-known because he's so fucking friendly. He's yeah. so friendly. And people well, love him. <laughs> yeah. And I think people are going to get confused with – because I, I know for a fact there are going to be people who listen to this and they're like, yeah, but I've had times where, like, I've been crying and they're, like, very sympathetic and they're, like, rubbing my shoulders, you know, being know. like everything's going to be know. okay and things like that. And it's not to say that that is not a valid experience yeah. because yeah. it is a valid experience. It is. I've had those experiences too. Same. However, there's a difference between them having empathy for us and sympathy and being able to express that they are sympathetic to where what we're feeling and what we're going through and having a friendship with them. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, I just like, don't – I don't treat – I don't view them, look at them, or treat them the same way I would a friend because the yeah. expectations of a friendship is different than the expectations in a mentorship well, because, or yes. a teaching situation. Because in a friendship, what you're giving emotionally goes both ways. In Does a lot that make sense? It's just a really difficult thing to try to explain because it's like yeah. until you've experienced deity work as, again, as we identified, define and understand it today – Mm -hmm. If until you experience it and then have friendly experiences within it, it's really hard to like try to dis to describe the dip. It's just a very different dynamic. It's just different, yeah. But also, there's a lot of people who say I am best friends with my, like I would describe myself as being friendly, like friend like with all of my patrons. But I would never describe yeah. them as yeah. a friend because it's that's reductive. Yeah. It's reductive yeah. and not accurate to the kind of relationship that has been established. Does right. that make sense? I hope yes. that makes sense. So, it makes sense to me, but I also like sh basically share a brain with you. So yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, helpful. It's, let us know if that makes sense. Yeah, let us know if that makes sense. But like, we are by no means saying you can't have friendly yeah, yeah. experience. We don't like, want to invalidate those experiences. No, we just want we, to clarify that it's different than human friendships bingo that's what we're yeah that's what we're driving home yeah. so yeah. yeah it's it's at the end of the day it kind of comes full circle to that communication aspect like do you do you have a mode of communication that is solid and do you have a way to have that communication with them to be able to build a relationship and from there determine if you are ready to enter into a working relationship. And that is why I always say to start with worship first, because worship yeah. requires fucking nothing. You yeah. can start worshiping whoever the fuck you want right now. And it requires no agreement from the deity or no like expectations. There's no boundaries. There's nothing like just go for it, whatever. Yeah. That is a way for you to, to give yourself the time to get to know them, to research them, to, to feel their energy, see if you're going to vibe communicate with them a little bit from there and then explore if a working relationship is for you. And that's why I say, why I answer the question, is it necessary to have an objective to deity work? Yes. In my opinion, yeah. yes. That is what di differentiates worship to work, in my opinion, as we define and understand it today. 
Are you new to witchcraft or wanting to improve your practice? Then my Patreon is for you. My name is Alyssa. I am a practitioner with over 10 years of experience, and I want to help you to take your practice to the next level. Within my Patreon, you'll find information on the history of witchcraft, the science of magic, exercises for strengthening your clear abilities, spell crafting and how-tos, baneful magic, and so much more. Join today via patreon.com slash Mystic. Let me help you unlock your magic. The next question is a hard one. I'm going to yep. just buckle buckle up. Pucker your buttholes. It's hard because we both have had experiences where this has happened. And yes. it's hard because a lot of people have had experiences where this happened. And this, this is why they are not your friends. This yes. is why it's really important yes. to make that distinction. Yep. Okay. Because yes. teachers are people that eventually you don't need anymore. Because yep. they've already taught you what you need to know from them. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is what we're going with. Is there something that would make a deity leave you? Yes. Yes. yes there yes. is. There's mm -hmm. a couple things actually. There. Okay. We'll go with the more insidious ones. Mm -hmm. If you get into deity work and you are lazy about it. Like yep. you just want them to make things happen for you. You want to be able to take on a patron because they're going to bring you money and that's it. You don't want to give anything or to look to cool them. or to yeah. seem cool. Or yeah. If the reason why you're taking them on in deity work or as a patron is to make you look better, they it's, will leave. If it's or insincere. They'll, or, yeah. Or they'll just make your life hell. Or they will do that too. Yep. Yeah, they can mm -hmm. do that too. Yeah, because you're uh, gonna like that's really disrespectful. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything that would be like in just malicious, thinking that you can get away with it because like, oh well, it's just a deity. They're gonna be fine. No, they're you are disrespecting a god. Like yeah. you are literally taking a belief and saying this is something that I'm going to make work for me, and that that is their purpose. And you can do that with your practice because it is your practice and it's yeah. yours, but you shouldn't do that with deities. No, they have cultural context. They mm -hmm. have historic context, modern context. Don't be one of those people. The other reasons though can be out, not out of malicious intent. Sometimes you will have deities be with you for a very long time. I'll use Archangel Gabriel, for example, he was with me for a, almost a decade and mm. he was there for a very long time. And we, I, I really did feel like he was like one of my friends. Like it was, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was very, he's very friendly. He's so friendly. <laughs> he's friendly. But, but when he left, I also didn't feel like I was losing a friend. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And that's why I really make that distinction. But ultimately when he left, I was sad because you you really do build a connection with that deity and so when they leave it is hard. Yeah. But you also have to have a realization that one you can call on them whenever you want. Like yep. you can always just say, "Hey, I'm really missing you. I'm just going to light a candle for you." Yeah. You know, like calling yeah. in their energy if you just need them in. So they're yeah. not ever really really gone. But you also it's also a lesson one in trust because yeah. you have to trust that there's a reason for it and a lesson also in self-soothing. Mm -hmm. And that is a really 
tough lesson to learn. And it's an uncomfortable one too, because they will help us to work through things in our lives, but they will not do it for us. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to be able to learn the lesson of self-soothing and being able to say, yes, this is happening. And there's a reason for it, even though I might not really recognize it yet, but sometimes like with Lucifer, he left, there was kind of no preparation for it at all. He was just like, Hey, um, we're done working with each other for now. Bye. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, and I was like, I was really bummed out for like two days, but I also needed to have him gone to realize that I wanted to take him on as a patron. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was huge. Yeah, that that, was big, I don't, that was a huge I, transformation. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you saw it. You I saw did. It. I sure like, fucking did. <laughs> yep. She yep. she saw it. Like there was. It was huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was this huge shift for me where I went from like, oh, yeah, Lucifer is here all the time to like, oh, my God. I didn't realize how big of an impact he had on my life until he left. Yep. And I was like, I need to have him in my life forever. Now, now with so, that being said, not every not every time a deity leaves would they come back right in that right. way right sometimes right. sometimes working and with that's deities, where that trust has to come in yes sometimes working with the deities is meant to be a one-off thing a short mm-hmm. time thing and never again or short time and then coming back later or a yeah. long time and then never again or and then like it could be a variety of all these things and so it again it depends because it like depends. in the case of Ariel, you know, when Lucifer left and then she wanted to take him on as a patron after that, they had that connection and reconnected to have that conversation and move forward from there. And that is one way something like that could play out. Another way, I'll use my example, is not that way. (laughs) I worked with Ampu for a long time as Anubis for a little over a year during a really like transformative tumultuous time where I was diving really hard into shadow work and he was helping me a lot with that. And he was amazing helping you through that. He was incredible. I know. <laughs> I love him so much. He's and he has incredible. a special place in my heart for mm-hmm. what he taught me, how he taught me. Um, you know, he, he taught me a lot of different things and showed me sides of myself that I didn't know were there. It, it was a very profound, beautiful working relationship. And when things came to an end, it was rather abrupt because um, I think I didn't think he'd actually leave. You know, I was like, oh, like he told me this is going to be not a long-term thing. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine, whatever. But like, I don't think I really realized that that was, he wasn't lying. Like he was like, this is not going to be a long-term thing. And I was like, oh, I remember jokingly, having this conversation with Ariel, I was like, maybe I'll ask him to be my patron. What do you think he'd say? And I turned around and I was like, do you want to be my patron? He's like, no. (laughs) I was like, okay, fine. He's like, no, I'm almost at the end of my shift. I'm not going to stay over time. I'm fucking going home, bitch. Like, I... I, I'm busy. Like, super funny, but also ouch. But, like, also I get it. Because he was very honest and I was very honest at the upfront. But, like, after a year in... 
you know, I obviously grew to really adore him and a connection was built. I think what I did was I didn't actually think it would be so abrupt the end like yeah. i almost felt like it would be like a soft they do it like they don't always give <laughs> no. you a lot of notice it was for me They're, it was they, what, two days or three days it yeah was three listen days. they don't give you the two-week notice no lucifer gave me one day he was like oh by the way i'm leaving tomorrow and i was mm-hmm. like i'm sorry what i thought he was joking <laughs> no is it right though like sometimes you're like ah, you're not serious i like, literally yeah i literally said that i was like don't that that's a terrible joke and he was like, it's not a joke. I'm going to leave the day after tomorrow. And I was like, yeah. what the hell? you can't be serious. <laughs> and he was serious. Are you for serious? Yeah, he gave me like three days. He's like, real? we're done on Saturday. And I was like, yeah. what? We're, wait, what? Like, what, what? And I remember, oh, dude, it was so hard. Oh, it was like taking down the yeah. altar. Oh, my God, that hurt. Like, it's it's tough. It hurts. Yeah. It sucks. But it came yeah. to an end when it was meant to. And even though I will, I don't think I'm actually ever going to work with him again, to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure yeah. he was meant to be there at the time he was. And that was that I can still love and, and be excited for him showing up for other people. And like, you know, he's a patron. Oh, I'm getting emotional. That's so sad. Oh, I love him. He's well, he's a patron for one of my best friends. And I sent yeah. my friend a little piece of my altar that I had for him to her. And that made, that was healing for me. Like yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. doing that uh, because I know he's getting love elsewhere and that mm-hmm. gives me comfort. But also, like, it just really reinforced that concept that even though I I felt a very close relationship with him and you could describe it as friendly because he was very friendly a lot of the time, he wasn't my friend. He was my mentor, my teacher. And he taught me what he meant to teach me. And he was done. And for that, I can look back and be grateful for it. Yeah. You know what I just realized is that I don't know for sure now that I think about it, if the way that I would describe the connection that I have with my deities as friendship, I feel like a better word for me to use is a deep respect Mm. because respect is, it can sometimes feel like friendship. Yeah. Yeah. But it's different. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like, there is a love just, there that's yeah. hard to describe because we don't yeah. have a lot of words for love in the English language to discern right. kinds of love. Exactly. Exactly. So it's and, hard to describe. Mm-hmm. And respect is a kind of love, but it there's is. it's a deep love in the sense that you love them so much that you know that regardless of whether or not they're there forever or a short time, there will still be deep respect there. Hundred percent. Like I, I deeply respect Medusa. Medusa had to deal with me after Lucifer left. <laughs> she thing. did. Oh, she was so she good was, with you. She, she was, was so great, though. Great. Like I, the times that I apologized, I was just like, I'm so sorry. Medusa's and she was amazing. like, It's okay. <laughs> she was like, It's fine. You're grieving, and I was like, I feel terrible. And she was Aww. like, It's okay. Oh, she's great. <laughs> but she's like, great. she's. She's beautiful. Do I ever think I'll work with her again? I would hope so. But like, I actually don't know that I will. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. that she would ever come through for me again. I hope so. But she, she may. She may. Yeah. It just, I knew that my, the ending with Ampu was the ending 
for good. Like that was the yeah. end of our chapter. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with yeah. that because the yeah. chapter as I read it was the best. And I'm yeah. okay with that. But there are reasons that would be a reason why a deity would depart is because they have taught you what they've meant to teach you. And that's the end of it. And again, yeah. like I said at the beginning, it could come in a variety of ways. It could be maybe again later, like maybe Medusa might show up for Ariel in fucking five days, five weeks, five years, who knows? Like right. it, it may happen again and it may not. And it's okay for there to be an end. And one of the things I'm grateful for is the lesson that comes with the end of a yes. deity work relationship. Because that actually taught, it taught me something about myself in the same vein. Mm-hmm. which was really cool. I, it really taught me that I, I have a lot of trust in divinity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It really is something that, that builds trust. Trust yeah. is so, it's honestly a constant theme and a vital part yeah. of deity work mm-hmm. and really witchcraft in general. Yeah. Like, oh, trust yeah, in sure. yourself, trust in divinity, trust in spirit. There is so much trust that is, necessary i actually did a a deity message before coming on to record and it was a deity that came through it was lilith and Mm. she was actually talking about that she said trust is the lifeblood of life Mm -hmm. and it's true you can't really do anything without trust you have to Mm -hmm. trust in your body's capability of taking you through every day yeah and we just don't even think about it like trust yeah. is huge. I just it trust my heart's going to keep beating so I can complain yeah. about the the economy. Yeah. We have so much <laughs> trust. Yeah, we have so much trust in this meat suit. Like it's incredible. <laughs> it's like, wild. Just, yeah. But this is a really really good segue into the next question which is actually a really great question. I like this um, question. Y'all have great questions. Let we me tell do. you. Someone asked can you renegotiate terms and conditions with a deity? <laughs> like if you were to have a deity come in and agree that you were going to do shadow work around a certain particular kind of trauma, mm-hmm. and then you finish that work with them, mm-hmm. can you renegotiate? Like, let's say that they have a two-year time limit mm-hmm. that they're going to be working with you on that. Can you renegotiate that? I would say maybe. It depends. <laughs> It depends. It depends. <laughs> it depends because it really depends on whether or not the deity feels that you, it's necessary for you to work with them. Yes. That's the in thing. the next thing, because yeah. a lot of times there is a certain thing that a certain deity is working with you on. And especially with trauma work, especially yeah. with trauma work, yeah. it can create this intense bond with that yeah. deity And because of that, we cling to that as safety. It's like Mm -hmm. this codependency thing. So when they want to leave, we're like, oh, but like, you could help me with other things. Like you can, you can help me with other things. Like we could work on something. And it's not to say that they wouldn't be willing to, but you also have to ask yourself, are you wanting to do that because you just want to keep them with you? Or are you wanting to do that because you genuinely feel that they could assist you with that? Mm-hmm. So it's it's really important to be honest with yourself of why you're wanting to renegotiate those terms, but you also have to know that they still might say no. Yeah, they they still always have say, the power to say no, just mm-hmm. like you do. Yeah, they might still be like, 
know because there is someone else who's coming in for you who will be even better for you to work with. And even though it feels like it's not going to happen that way right now, because you can't imagine working with any other deity that you would connect with as much as they, they connect with you. Like, you never know. You You really never know. You never know. Yeah. Amazing. It's amazing what you can discover when you just trust, when you just trust Mm -hmm. that when it's the end and they're not willing to renegotiate that there is something better coming. Yeah. Or there's something that's something beautiful and a new lesson to learn or a new relationship to create or a new path to discover. Mm-hmm. Like you just And that's a lesson in trust, trust and hope. And hope, yeah. Although hope, yeah. I have a hard I have a bad relationship with hope. That's something I'm working on. Um yeah. hope is eh, I work on that, but I'm but, a Sagittarius rising ruled by <laughs> Jupiter, okay? Like I'm optimistic as fuck, but I'm also a espresso sometimes. <laughs> I'm I'm a depresso espresso optimist. Okay? I'm a realist. <laughs> I need to be around optimists so that I don't sink. This is why we're friends, Fern. Because I, <laughs> I can be depressed AF and she'll be like, I'm having a bad day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm having a terrible day too. But like, you're doing such a good job. <laughs> I'm like, he's so pretty. He's so pretty. He's so pretty. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, if, if I know someone's having a hard day and I'm having a hard day, I will immediately switch my gears. I will yeah. pretend to it's be the true. most you optimistic person in the world. <laughs> You're like, I swear I'm actually happy. I yeah. lied about everything I just said. <laughs> I um, lied about yeah. just wanting everything to like end, but it's okay. <laughs> We're going to be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> we'll just keep paddling in this fucking yeah. boat. Yeah. But you know what? Listen. I'm in a sinking boat, but here's my life raft. <laughs> <laughs> here's my life raft for you, yep. and it's a one seater. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> I love that. Oh, God. Being Odin's squishy gonna... is a detriment. Odin's going gonna... Okay. to ki- fix you on that one. Oh, he's going to. He's. Yeah. He's sighing in the background yeah I know. Like, well, like, we got a lot of work to do with God this damn. one just, just, uh, putting herself up on the stake so to speak <laughs> he, were, <laughs> he just said i admire your optimism Ariel." <laughs> <laughs> oh lord oh man but you know what like okay. listen you can try you can try yeah. there's nothing wrong with having that conversation you know what worst case scenario the same no yeah well I don't know that that's the worst case scenario. I think that's like, that's an expected scenario. Yeah, I think a worst yeah. case scenario could, could be real bad. It could, it could be a bad ending, oh, yeah. which oh, ha- does happen sometimes too. But that scares me to be that honest. That scares me too. It scares me too. And, and you know what, since we're, since this is a, the whole fucking episode is about being honest yeah. about deity work. Here is yeah. also a hard truth. Yeah. Sometimes. When you fuck around and find out, which is a big part of learning, which we love, oh, we love fucking yeah. around and finding out. But also, yeah, like, if you can, it's a good approach. Most it's a good approach. Time. But if you can, like, mitigate, you know, yes. the potential Don't be too for reckless. failure. Yeah, if you can yeah. mitigate that. I mean, but again, I'm also like a fucking crazy planner. But if you can mitigate the risk or the potential fallout, that's always a good thing to do. But if you fuck around and find out, which is a part of learning. And mm-hmm. you really fuck up a relationship with a deity, which does happen, and you insult them or you disrespect them somehow, consciously or unconsciously, whatever the case may be. If it comes to an end in that way, that's going to be a hard thing. You got to take it on the chin. Like, you got to yeah. just accept that, like, you did play a role, maybe in more than likely, in that harsh end. 
And maybe there's a lesson to come out of that for you in terms yeah. of maybe better preparation or with and internals. And there's a lesson in responsibility and accountability there too. Responsibility, accountability with infernals, use their fucking titles if it's the first time yes. you meet them. Don't don't call in Lucifer yeah. and say Lucy. Like, don't oh, be that person. I had to throw it. it in. Don't do it. I had don't to throw it. it. Even like, I still call him Lord Lucifer sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like Same. I, I honest, I usually call him Lucifer because he he has always like for me yeah. he's always just been like no you can just call me Lucifer. Same with Leviathan. Like, but there yeah. are times, there are times in yes. ritual. Where I'm yes. like, this is Lord Leviathan. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. when oof. I'm calling them in to help me with something, I won't be like, I call in Lucifer. I'm like, I call in Lord Lucifer to assist yeah. me with this session. Like, I'm yeah. calling in Duke Astroth to assist me with yes. this session. Like I do not, I'm not like, I call him you honey boo. Like, no, 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 no. no. Even That's, with again, the Nordic gods. Thing. And honestly, the Nordic gods are pretty fucking chill. Like, I love that they they let me have my cell phone on my altar. Like that is incredible. Yeah, that's a um, no for me. Uh, it's, well, it's a definite no with my infernals. I wish it was I, a yes. I for have me. it. I have it like two inches away, and they're just like, nope, nope, yep, same, nope, same but, with the for me for the Hellenics and the infernals. Mm-hmm. They uh, cell phones a big no no. Yeah. But it, you know, and like that's part of the experience is yes. figuring figuring out what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and and fucking around and finding out sometime is the way to like I remember the one day I absent oh my god I knew I wasn't allowed to put my phone on the altar right Artemis and Apollon's altar because they share an altar together well mm-hmm. f- most of the time although she's got her own fucking thing going now but anyway um <laughs> as she should but um she I I absent-mindedly put it on the altar one time while I was cleaning it and she fucking ripped into me good. She's like, what, what the hell is this? And I was like, what, what? Like, I didn't even know. Cause I it was absent mindedly, you know, like you're mm-hmm. checking an email or something and you put it down. She's like, get this the fuck off. Like, you know, she didn't swear, but she was like, get this off right now. This is a sacred space. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so do you sorry. want water? Like, <laughs> you, I will give you a fountain. I will give yeah. you a fountain. Like, I, I, oh man, I was so scared. And she was like, okay, it's fine, but just don't do it again. And that was the only lesson I needed to learn. Yeah. I was like, never again. <laughs> yeah. But I think, so kind of going back to like boundaries though, as far as like time limits of working with a deity, a little how to before we move on to the next question of like, you can ask them through whatever modality of communication you have, because I'm going to assume that you have one. We're Pause. side-eyeing the you know? fuck out yeah. of you. We are. We are I'm, side-eyeing I, I, the fuck out I, of you. I, right I, Did you I, feel I, that too? Like That was an ellipsis is what that was in, in audible terms. Yeah. I want you to use your modality of communication, whether that is tarot or whatever it is, and I want you to ask them, are you comfortable with us renegotiating terms and for you to stay longer? Yes or no. First of all, I just want you to ask them a yes or no. Second of all, if they say maybe or yes, or indicate that maybe they're open to it, I want you to say, what do you expect from me as a devotee of you in order for this to continue? Yeah. 
that's what I want you to ask. It's the exact thing to, that I want you to ask. And if you don't feel that you can fulfill that exact thing, do not extend don't do it. it. And also expect it, expect the possibility that the relationship will look different. Yes. Yeah. It's because they, possible they're approaching it different now. Yes. Yeah. Things are different yeah. now. So mm -hmm. it could be that they were maybe perhaps over those two years, they were real chill with you. They were like relaxed, yep. amazing, yep. sweet, kind, whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. And then moving forward, they're going to be, they're going to be harsh. They're going to be yeah. militant. They're going to be like you, again, this comes back to putting all your cards on the table and yeah. doing the work to have that open line of communication together. Well, and that's why that's, that also applies to patronage too, because yeah. if you want to take them on as a patron, mm -hmm. that dynamic might change. I know the dynamic in all five of my cases changed. A thousand percent. I'm going to be honest. Most of them were actually more demanding before I took them on as patrons. I, I would say that was the case for a few of mine, but not all yeah. of them. And not all the, of them. The reverse but some of in them. a couple of cases. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I know that we're going, yep, yep, yep. Because it's like, you really just got to figure it out yourself. Like you just got to be like, okay, yeah, are you I, I more listen. I wish I had the answers for everybody. Trust. Yeah, I, I wish I had the answers. Wouldn't it I be don't, nice? Though. Wouldn't yeah. it be nice? I was literally the same brain. Same brain. <laughs> that is the exact song that I was thinking of too. The last question that we have is also a really great question. A question about um, accepting patronage from a deity. Yeah. Should I worry about complications in other lives later on? Which is a great question because we have gone over this. Uh, we, I think we touched on this when we were talking about um, taking on a patron we did. in the first episode where we talked about how you can take on a patron and have them as a patron for you through multiple lifetimes. Yeah. So this person's question is specifically, if you were to take on a, a patron in one mm -hmm. lifetime and say, I want you to be a patron for me in all of the rest of my lifetimes or like, you know, the next five lifetimes, whatever it is, do you need to take them on as a patron in that lifetime? What if you don't? Is that bad? Is that mm -hmm. something that's necessary? So uh, I do have a response to that. And <laughs> I do have thoughts. <laughs> I do have thoughts in my brain space about this topic on the podcast. No. The reason why no is because each life is its own experience. And yeah. in order to take on a patron, you need to have that mindful, like you need to agree to that every lifetime for that to actually be the case. So just yeah. because Artemis... Yeah was a patron of mine in past lives does not mean she automatically was that in this lifetime. I had to accept that agreement again. I needed to right. have that conversation with her about expectations and boundaries and everything else again. And the reason for this is because you have free will in every lifetime and every lifetime is different. That will have different experiences, different you know, you're a different person or yeah. you may not even be a person also maybe you'd be yeah, a fucking well, plant. What if you have a, a lifetime where you are meant to be a Christian the entire lifetime. Yeah. Bingo. You know, you'll have a different experience every yeah. lifetime. No lifetime. They're still going to be there. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're still, still going to be gods. there. They're not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. They're but, still going to be there, but it's going to not be the patron. Yeah. And the focus relationship. Yeah. It may not yeah. be, it could be, but it may not be. And so from mm. that perspective, sorry, 
I have something to add, but I'll let you finish. Oh, I'll, I'll let you finish. But, I'll, let, yeah. I'll, I'll let you finish in a second. Uh, so from that perspective, no. But I wanted to expand on the word complications in other lives because that was a part of the question. Mm. And, and for that, that comes down to... I'm going to dissect this a little bit. I'm sorry. I have to. But that's going to, okay. I'm going to dissect that because that depends on a belief. That depends on mm. if you believe in like karma or if you believe in like multi lifetime. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it yeah. depends on your personal belief. My personal belief is I don't, I don't believe that things that if you were a bad person or what we define as bad, either in that time or now or today or whatever the fuck, that if you fuck up in any way with a deity in a previous lifetime, that that's going to carry forward. Yeah, I don't. To this I don't one, I yeah. don't think that that's the case, but it could be. Yeah, it could be. But as far as it like, as far as having a patron in a previous life, that doesn't. You have to. You have to accept it again, because you have free will. Right, right. But I have heard stories of people saying something along the lines of they reach out to a deity. And the deity is like unnecessarily hostile and it has oh, something no. to do with a past life with them. Oh, and I'm like, no. whoa. So I've heard that things like that can happen. I've not experienced oh. it myself. Yeah. I haven't personally experienced that. I do think what, uh, yeah. So the thing that I was going to bring up is that, and this is maybe, this is kind of on the topic, but like maybe going off a little bit is Okay, so let's say there's a scenario where you agree to have a patron be your patron for, you know, the next five lifetimes, whatever. And your next lifetime, you are part of a different belief system. Mm -hmm. We're going to use Christian, for example, because that's mm -hmm. the one that I'm most familiar with outside of paganism. Let's say you're Christian and you're Christian your whole entire lifetime. And you have experiences with who you assume to be the Christian God mm. during that lifetime. Do you think it's possible for those experiences to actually be your patron deity from the past lifetime who is still assisting you, but under the guise of the God that you worship in that lifetime? Are you asking me? Yeah. I fucking do. I, I do, do too. Because, I fucking do. Okay. 1000% I do. Because, and here's why. Because it's not to say that you can't have a connection with, like, in this case, the Christian God in that lifetime, right? You can absolutely do that. But I do think that they are going to want to assist you some way. Yeah. And if they know that you are not going to accept them for who they are in that lifetime to you, I think they would still try to assist you in the way that they could. Do you, do you want to know why I say yes? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I, <laughs> um, with each one of my patrons, all five of them, I asked them to show me any past lives we might have had together, right? Just mm -hmm. for my own. I just wanted to know because I fucking wanted to know. Yeah. And in the case of Artemis, Apollon, and Zeus, all three of them showed me experiences in past lives where I was living a life thinking I was interacting with one thing and it was actually them. So there was like profound memories of 
thinking that I was experiencing something paranormal, but it was actually them showing up in some spirit form. Or it another one was uh, wildlife. Like I was experiencing a boar in the woods and that boar followed me around. I was just a little kid who followed me around. And I remember this vividly, like as if I, as if it was in this life, but it wasn't. I was, I was following, this boar was following me around and I was like trying to get back to where I lived, but I got lost and I ended up deciding to follow the boar because it wasn't aggressive. That was Artemis. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like it's just, it can happen in the most bizarre yeah. ways like they can come through either in spirit they can come through in an animal form they could even be a person like yeah. they could even influence another person in a past life and with zeus it's it's a longer much longer story than i can even condense but anyway that one was a difference in it that one was actually around it was a legal experience it was around law yeah. something happened with the courts but anyway uh so he came through in that one but there were experiences where that lifetime didn't even know like didn't even yeah. know but yeah. i know because they showed me isn't that weird mm -hmm. it almost makes no, you wonder what you don't know now even right no that's <laughs> the thing that's the thing you were talking like as you started to talk guess who tapped my shoulder oh god, oh god. it was lucifer oh no remember what we were talking about the other day we talk about a lot of things every day we were talking the other day about like there's something about Lucifer and I can't mm. figure out what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he tapped my shoulder and he looked at me and it all clicked. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Past life. Yeah. No. Cool. No, Alyssa. What? I don't know that any of the experiences that I thought I had with the Christian God in this lifetime was actually the Christian God. I'm wondering if it was Lucifer. Oh, for realsies? yeah oh wow oh that's fun yeah deity work baby <laughs> i know well because like okay so to give some context just in case we keep this in in case yeah Alyssa and i were talking the other day because there's when you're when you're working <laughs> with a deity there's oftentimes when you come across times where you're like there's something deeper here like there's a deeper connection that i haven't figured out and sometimes it takes a really long time to like make those connections click. You know, obviously it's not necessary to know everything all the time, right? Or right away. It, there's timing for everything. But obviously as a Christian, I had times where I felt like I had experiences with the Christian God. I felt a presence with me. I felt mm -hmm. a powerful presence and I felt that presence very deeply. Otherwise I wouldn't have became a Christian. I wouldn't have said like, oh my gosh, I got saved. Like it, there's a very specific feeling that you get when you have that conversion experience. Oh, I'm sure it's profound. Yeah. It, it feels like you're being changed on a cellular, cellular level. Like it is very powerful. But what I found interesting was that when I so I'll share this because it it's context. When I was out visiting Alyssa, there was a conversation that I had with the Christian God very unexpectedly. Yeah, it was um, not planned. It was not expected. <laughs> it was not planned. <laughs> very, very unexpected and very unplanned. The feeling that I got from that deity 
I had never felt before. And that was a moment of enlightenment for me because I remember sitting there with you and being like, I've never felt this energy before. This is a DD that I've never experienced before, before we knew who it was. I remember that. Yeah. Which is weird for me to say, because if I had experienced that DD before, I would have recognized them. Oh my God. Right. That is wild. Right. So now I'm sitting here Dude. and Alyssa's talking about how like, yeah, I totally think that if they're meant to be with you, like they will not, Find a not way. fake being a deity, but no. be there in the way where they can connect with you in the way that you are seeking at that time. Or to be a guide in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And so Lucifer's like, damn on my shoulder. <laughs> She's talking about this boar story and I'm just sitting here staring at my screen and being like... Well, because you went quiet and I was like, something's happening over there. Yeah, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Because I... I I don't know. Like... That's cool. I I don't know what to say. Like, it's... I feel like that's going to... Wow, you're going to be exploring that for a bit. Yeah. That's going to be a hot minute. You're going to be... I'm going to sit with that. Yeah, you're going to need to sit with that shit. (laughs) But Um, you know what? What you're experiencing right now is the same thing that happened when Apollon came forward and was like, that was me. Mm -hmm. That was a beautiful experience while I was folding laundry. (laughs) God damn it. That was wild. Like, it was like everything... It's like you see flashes of things in your face and you're like, the fuck? Like, everything changes. Mm -hmm. In yeah. a moment. No, I, I literally was sitting here. You're telling this story and I'm having like flashbacks <laughs> of like sitting on my floor crying and yep. Yep. standing in church and feeling mm-hmm. like this powerful experience of connecting like my, the moments, the two moments, because I felt like I wasn't saved the first time. So I felt like I had to do it twice. Like the two mm-hmm. moments that I felt like I, I was saved and like just all of these experiences. But then it just wow there's there's can, a lot yeah that's what a cool discovery yeah. that we just had look at that together. who would have thought who would have thought <laughs> oh so the one last thing i want to address before we bring this deity work part two to a close is a sort of second part of the question which is you know in the case with Ar- ariel and i we both have patrons in Ariel's got patrons in the Norse Pantheon and the Infernal Pantheon, Mm -hmm. and I've got patrons in the Hellenic Pantheon and Infernal Pantheon. So the Mm -hmm. question here is around accepting patron, like having a patron deity relationship. If you have it across multiple pantheons, does that preclude you from another path or set you on a particular path or whatever sort of that? You know what I mean? Like if Mm. you agree to being on this path, uh, does that stop you from being able to be on another, if, especially in a patron situa- situation? And I'm going to answer this with, it depends. And the reason why <laughs> it, it depends <laughs> is because it depends on your the way that you set up your practice. There are yeah. lots of people who consider themselves eclectic and don't follow any particular set religion or tradition or cultural path or anything like that and have their practice that has many different pillars of many different 
pantheons and thus those different cultures but they don't follow any specific like they don't say they're a norse pagan they don't say they're a hellenic polytheist they don't say they're a celtic pagan they just kind of envelop themselves as eclectic and but they still have those sprinkles if you will of various different deities in in pantheons so that's one way to approach one's practice and then there's another way which is a little bit more on a definite path which is like Ariel and I, we both identify as demonolaters. So we worship and work with demons, our patrons and other demons as well. Mm-hmm. And then Ariel identifies as a Norse pagan. And so she follows that path and the traditions that follow that. And I identify as a Hellenic polytheist and follow the traditions and the culture of that. Mm-hmm. But it can look different for any yeah. individual right it could be some variation of that it could be they could be really traditional they could be a revivalist they could be right could, like right. there's so many different variations of how that could be but it ultimately does depend on your relationship with those particular deities that happen to be from different pantheons and i'm going to tell you in my scenario i didn't have to ask permission to be a Hellenic polytheist and follow that religion from Leviathan. I didn't need it because he already knew that that was going to happen anyway. He already knew that I was down that path and was going to identify with that path. And that was going to be like a huge part of my practice. But in, in so doing part of our conversation by me saying, I'm going to go down this path means that I'm going to be very traditional and very like a little bit recon, a little bit revivalist in that way with the with the hellenic pantheon but i'm not going to approach demonolatry the same way and so we had that conversation so there was no question of like if i did this for those patrons he was expecting anything different like there was no there's no jealousy like that doesn't exist yeah yeah like there's no like oh you you gave another water offering to (laughs) artemis while you've been fucking tiktok bitch like yeah. I've been waiting for my whatever, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. It doesn't work like that. It So the answer is it depends. It really could, because there are some people who uh, will follow a particular tradition that absolutely as part of that tradition or culture or religion requires you do not follow anything else. Right. So, right. It, so there are, there would be under that premise if you were to if you were to take a patron in a specific religion, culture, tradition, or what have you, that that is part of it, that you you literally can't do anything else. So yes, that can happen, but it also can be the opposite. It could also be any mixture of those within. So I understand this question and where it comes from on the basis of of not really knowing yet what your path is going to be, and. Yeah. Your path, we always talk about this, like your, your practice, yeah. your path is always going to change as you change. But I, but I want to say this as well, is that even though, even though you will change and there will be parts of your practice that are going to be more heavily influenced now by certain deities and later by others, perhaps, that doesn't mean that you can't commit to something if it feels right in the moment, if it feels right for yeah. you at that time. Yeah. No, I to- I completely agree. And because there are even pathways that I ended up taking mm-hmm. due to the patrons that I've taken on mm-hmm. without knowing that they were going to take me there. Mm-hmm. Like with hell, 
she right from the get-go was like, I want to be a patron and you're going to be a death witch. And I was like, um, whoa, <laughs> like, whoa, slow down. Um, and that was expected. But for example, like Odin, he mm-hmm. wanted to be a patron of mine. And I expected that when I would take him on as a patron, like obviously that's adding more responsibility to my Norse pagan path, more weight to it. But what I didn't expect was taking him on as a patron would lead me to necromancy because that was not expected (laughs) at all oh my god that was like taking on zeus as a patron and him pushing me harder into ancestor veneration yeah i was not expecting that what the hell i was like Like, what in the hell is this this wasn't in your pamphlet they they pull the Uno reverse card and yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? I was like, where in the brochure was that fine print? Yeah. Why are we going so fast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they just will take you on the roller coaster ride and they're just like, oh, by the way, there's a 20 foot drop here. And yeah. it, it's it's cool because I think there's I, I this kind of goes into something that I, I tell my clients a lot, and really anybody who will listen to me rant is if you knew everything that was going to happen to you, would you still want to go forward? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's, there's always going to be those unknowns. There's always going to be those variables, but it's about being willing to just explore it. And that's the, we, you have to have that mindset because if you don't like, you're just going to be greatly disappointed. <laughs> Honestly, there's always going to be those unexpected drops. It comes back to the trust that we've been talking about this whole time. It's that undercurrent. Yeah, the undercurrent of trust. So I I hope that these harder conversations, these harder truths, some of them are harder to swallow than others. It's it's all part of all part of the the beauty and the learning and the growing that comes with deity work. And it's gonna it's not always gonna be (laughs) rosy and peachy keen sometimes you're gonna get thrown curveballs you're gonna get pushed into weird awkward awful positions it's gonna be tough and that i think is where the most growth comes from is when you're pushed out of your comfort zone absolutely yeah yeah where we grow the most is when we're uncomfortable yeah and when we have fear but we push through it anyway and at Which literally least. is what we did because yeah. this is like we were. Ugh. This was terrifying. This was I'm hard. not gonna lie. This was hard to do. This was a scary episode. Yeah, I it I is. feel like I was on a on a wooden roller coaster so the entire sweaty. time. <laughs> so sweaty. But like, yeah, it's it's hard because you know we never want anyone to assume that by us being honest and truthful, yeah. that we are trying to you know be disingenuous on our yeah. on our true intention which is to have this honesty be used in a way yes. that is helpful yeah here's the thing we love you enough to be honest with you yeah exactly if we didn't care about you we wouldn't be honest with you and we also love you enough to admit that we may have not been the best at communicating I, yeah. we these might hard have made a little whoopsies. We may have done a little oopsie-daisy. <laughs> but you know what? Like, if we ever do that, like, we're going to try to take responsibility and accountability where we can. And, and I hope that at the very least, this episode helped 
to help you to have some revelations and light bulb moments and help you to feel even more confident in your deity work, if not help you to understand what you can be maybe shifting and changing uh, where needed to make your deity work even deeper and more fulfilling because mm -hmm. that's ultimately what we want. We want you to feel fulfilled in your pathway and you, we want you to feel fulfilled in your practice. And that comes with those difficult conversations and honest conversations. So that's, that's what we want to leave you with. But with that said, this concludes DD work number two. And for those interested in booking a session with Alyssa or I, or learning more about us, you can go to our website, www.ghostteapodcast.com. And you can go to the about page where we have all of our socials linked and our websites and a little bit of information about us. But at the very least, check out the website because there's a lot of fun things on there that you might not find. And you can also find a link to the discord as well if you want um, in the uh, links at the top. And don't forget to rate and share Ghost Tea Podcast. Yeah. Rate us on Spotify if you use Spotify. That is a great platform to use. And yes, there is yes. a little star button that you can find at the top of the Ghost Tea Podcast um, page when you're on it through Spotify. There's a little star that you can mm -hmm. click and you can leave us an awesome little rating and share with your friends if you want to share the amazing knowledge and insight and advice and guidance and fun laughs and things like that. And so, yeah, th that all of that helps us to be able to continue to create even more amazing episodes and to be able to continue to bring in more ghosty fun. Yeah, we love stars. It makes us feel good. We like to see the stars. All right, everybody. We hope you have a good one. We okay. love you all. Thank love you so you. much for your support. We'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye.